1: The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit wesellorlando.net. What's going on night fans? Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret
2: Podcast.
1: Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez with you. Eric... I've got my national championship T-shirts ready to rock. I got my hat. I got my. Well, poster. which one?
2: Which one? Because there's only one that's legit. There's one that's legit that I'm wearing actually, and that's the Dan Lebedart national championship. You know, that's I've the got, one. You know, that's the one that
1: got it. I've got a few of those. I've got a few of those. I, I well, that, might frame This is them. the
2: only one I'm wearing. This is the only one I'm wearing <laughs> because it's the one that I actually care about. We're going
1: to talk about that. We're going to talk about UCF's national championship claim. We're going to talk about basketball, who uh, just came up short in the game against UConn. Yeah,
2: if if, yes, yeah, so I'm going to be very testy, just like both teams were in this game.
1: This is going to be great. You're going to, wa- you're not going to want to miss this one. Um, lots to talk about this week, uh, and this is our first show since the um, since the Peach Bowl <laughs> when I was driving back with my son in the back of the car. So uh, remember, you can uh, hit us up at blackandgoldbanneret.com. For all the latest news and analysis uh, in the world of UCF sports. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash black and gold banneret and on Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, uh, like we talked about there, all us individually. Uh, I'm at Jeff underscore Sharon, Eric is at Eric Lopez Elo. Also hit up spokes underscore Murphy. For our buddy Brian Murphy and underscore DS Warden. Derek Warden just posted his uh, photo gallery from the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl uh, today. And it is glorious. Glorious. I tell you, it is the best work he's done yet. And he's done some pretty doggone good work for us this year. So thanks to Derek on that. All right, Eric Lopez, let's dive into this. UCF football. The afterglow of the championship game of the Peach Bowl, rather, uh, against uh, Auburn. On the field, this is where it all started. On the field, Danny White looks into a camera, which I assume was toted around by Eric DeSalvo. I could be wrong. But looks into a camera and says, National Champs. And the ball starts rolling. UCF basically declares itself national champions by virtue of the fact that it beat Auburn, who beat both Georgia and Alabama, who played in the CFP national championship game with Alabama winning in thrilling fashion in overtime over Georgia, twenty-six to twenty-three. Uh, granted, Auburn split with Georgia, but you know <laughs> why mess up a good story? Um, the t-shirts are printed. We—I ha- was there at the um, at the celebration at Disney. Um, Disney was very careful to say undefeated UCF Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, Why?
2: Why would they do that, that? Jeffrey,
1: that would be because it's Disney and they also own ESPN and they don't want to step uh, on the programming uh,
2: block. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Cause um, I think that's the
1: very national we'll get... championship celebration in downtown Orlando on church street, which was well attended. Um, and it, but, but still to that point, Eric Lopez, um, the detractors such as Paul Feinbaum essentially did have ammunition. That UCF was essentially declaring itself national champions without any outside validation. Then came yesterday. Oh, boy. The uh, computer polls, that uh, several of them are formerly from the BCS. They are listed in page 108 of the NCAA record book. As uh, what are, you, you,
2: just, you realize, you just said page 108, not page one or two. It's one okay.
1: it, it, oh eight, But it doesn't matter. It's in the record book. You can't take it oh. away. This is what this is what they are. Oh, right? um, uh, they are listed as major selectors for the national championship. Um, there are a number of them right now. Um, the consensus national championship is, according to the NCAA, decided by uh, four selectors: The Associated Press, the Football Writers of associate Football Writer Association of America, uh, USA Today, Amway, which does the coaches' poll. Formerly UPI used to do it, uh, and the National Football Foundation. Um, the National Football Foundation and the Football Writers have merged. Okay, so those are your consensus national champions. But the other computer polls, other human polls, other historian groups are recognized by the NCAA as National championship, FBS, national championship, major selectors. Uh, And so if one of these selectors at the end of the season says you're number one, you can claim that national championship. This has been done before by several programs, notably Alabama, which claims the national championship from 1973 and 1941 under what some would call dubious circumstances, but still, uh, they, uh, they, they count those years as national champions. Uh, let's see, who else? 1966, Alabama uh, claimed a retroactive championship uh, in a couple of computer polls. Let's see, who else as I go through? Oh, LSU, that's right, 1962. Oklahoma, 1957. Tennessee and Iowa claiming, and Georgia Tech, by the way, three different schools, in 1956, Oklahoma in 1953. I'm going back in time here. Kentucky in 1950. Oklahoma A and M, which is now known as Oklahoma State, in 1945, and they had the audacity to hang a banner in their stadium saying "National Champions 1945." So lo and behold, wouldn't you have, Wouldn't you know it that the Kali Matrix, a computer poll, um. Done by uh, Dr. Wes Colley, who's uh, an astrophysicist based in Huntsville, Alabama, of all places. Um, Came out with his final rankings for 2017 last night. And he had UCF as the number one team in the country. Which means that UCF can officially claim an NCAA-sanctioned FBS national championship.
2: Man, you know, when when you're a kid, when I was a kid, and I dreamed of a national championship, I I always thought Coley Matrix was the one that I was dreaming about, uh, like everybody else. Coley uh, Matrix, who, whatever, Kali whatever. Matrix, whatever.
1: Carry on. So now, so do we get a trophy? Uh, no. Why not? I don't know. I don't know if Coley's actually come up with a trophy. Uh, Why? Why not?
2: Why not? I don't
1: know. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. First of all, he's an an astrophysicist. He doesn't make a lot of money.
2: Well, well, I mean, who better to judge college football than an astro what?
1: That's my that's my point. I mean, wouldn't you want astrophysicists judging everything? I'm being serious.
2: Absolutely. He's the smartest
1: people in the world.
2: By the way, and I looked at his rankings. I I laughed because he's got Wisconsin ahead of Ohio State in the rankings, even though Ohio State beat Wisconsin on the field, which is kind of UCF's argument that they beat Auburn on the field. Not our problem. well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought the whole point was that, you know, let's settle this on the field that we did yeah, So now we're you know we're deciding this by math. That is UCF's point. This is why
1: I think this is absolutely 100 percent brilliant. Number one, you're calling out those other schools in the, quote, power five end quote, who do this all the time. OK, does that make it right? Uh, yes, it does. As far as I'm really, say, if they get to do it, so we two, get to do it. So, two, wow. OK, yep, well, they get that's, to do it, so, we get so,
2: there. so you know, back in the 40s, we're you know, hey, just because things were done 50 years ago. Hey, it's OK to do it now. That's basically the message. Yeah, you're, wow. See, I think what we've we have learned here in the last week, look, UCF, you see, know, we can claim whatever you want. We can claim an, and you broke it down very well. But we ha- here's what I've learned in the last week. Nobody wants to fix the system. Nobody wants to fix the system. Everybody just wants to troll people. No, 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 no. People. I disagree with that. Who wants to fix it? Why? UCF and the group of
1: five schools do, do want to fix the system. The problem is they can't. Oh, why is that? Because let's say, um, let's say hypothetically, let's take this to its logical conclusion, as UCF did, by the way, they're taking this to its logical conclusion. Taking your point that you've made many times eloquently yep. to its logical correct. conclusion that we don't have a playoff correct I call it a playoff we don't have a playoff it's a four which the group invitation. of which
2: by the way which by the way, the group of five everyone agreed on on a contract and they're getting paid for it
1: but let's not forget though that they agreed to it on the condition that they believed <laughs> that their best team would have a shot to uh. get in if they played well, right? Well, that's what okay. UCF did. They are the first the UCF this isn't this is this is a true fact. UCF is the first undefeated FBS team in the playoff era.
2: Since 2014. Okay.
1: First okay. undefeated team. Are now they the first
2: undefeated are they the first undefeated team not to get a shot to play for the national title?
1: Uh no, they're not. Okay. But because if the play, there's if play, a lot play, of them, this the and, the, and then by the way, some of them have
2: been Power Five schools
1: too that have not gotten. Oh, well, Auburn was one of them, two thousand four, no question about it. I'm not arguing Correct. about that, but that was in a previous era. This yeah. is in the, this is in the playoff era, right? This was supposed to solve the problem. This is what ESPN and the group of and the and the Power Five conferences told us: no problem, you have access now. Guess what? You don't. And if you don't believe me, listen to this quote from Bob Bowlesby. Commissioner of the Big 12. The uh, conference that many people in UCF want to be in, right? Correct? Speaking to – well, I don't know anymore about the, after this. Um, well, speaking to Heather, I mean, yeah. Heather Dinnick of the uh, ESPN, this is a quote. Uh, he said that uh, UCF's playoff exclusion from the playoff is, quote, fair because playing in the American Athletic is not the same as playing in the Big 10 or the SEC or the Big 12. It's just not. They have some big games, but they don't have an Iowa State who can beat a 2nd rank Oklahoma. The depth of those leagues and the quality at the top, getting ready for one game against Auburn, that's a lot different than playing Auburn every week. TCU. If TCU and UCF played 10 times, says Bob Bowlesby, I defy anybody to convince me that UCF would win the majority of the games. Of course, I've only been looking at it for 35 years, end quote. That's Bob Bowlesby. Now, Setting aside whether or not you think he's correct, let's set that aside for the moment. That is astonishing to me that he's basically saying, the American Athletic Conference, they're a second-class citizen. This is a commissioner of another FBS league coming out and saying that on the record. Right. Now, if that doesn't prove our point, I don't know what does. All right. and so I say, good you on you. Do you huh? think he's alone? Did he feel? You think he's alone on that? No, I don't think he's alone on that. But that here's. Let the me, thing. Ask, let, me ask you, let me ask you. Why would
2: you come out and say that? Well, he's just. Well, that's his opinion. You don't. Do you not want his opinion? No. Why do you think he's a? Do, well, do, well I think he he's, realize the can of worms he's opening by coming out and saying that. Oh, I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. I think it's a stupid comment, because, first of all, if you put UCF in the Big 12 and you give them the revenue and the resources that a lot of those Big 12 schools, they can more than compete. Look at TCU since they've joined the Big 12. See, one of my problems with this whole story is that all all parties have been childish, childish in this instead of being acting like adults. And having creative conversations, we've decided to just call each other names and, and well, you can't beat this guy. You can't beat that guy. Well, we beat that guy and let's just troll this person. And, you know, it's just been childish. It's a lot like politics. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why it's a lot like politics and the politics that we're in today. I watched the national the Alabama Georgia game. And the president got, came out to a mixed reaction. And I thought to myself, wow. What a sad commentary that the president of the United States can come out to a football stadium and get a mixed reaction and, quite frankly, not surprising. Right. I mean, do you agree with that? Do you agree with that?
1: Not surprised the your, your people, fans are free to boo whoever they want to boo.
2: Correct. But why are we at this point? Because we're divided because instead of trying to figure out ways to make the country better, we're just busy arguing with the other side and have their biasness. Right. The Democrats have their biasness. The Republicans have their biasness. So everything they're going to do is from their own perspective. They have no interest in making the country better. They just want to make things that are that benefit their parties. And so as a result, we don't really get a lot accomplished and we have people that disagree on things. Well, guess what? That's college football. That's the same problem we have in college football. Instead of people looking out for what's in the best interest of the whole sport, they're just interested in their best interest. Bob Bowlesby could care less about the sport. He cares more about what gets his pockets in the Big 12. That's why he made those comments. Why That's what a lot it, of – Okay,
1: so so here's my question to you then. Yes, why is it correct. not in UCF's best interest to do this, to call the system
2: out for the for the –
1: Sham that it is.
2: Who says they didn't? I mean, they they have the right to do that. But I also understand people that if you have to take it, like if people are going to ridicule you, you're going to have to take it. And I think some people haven't been able to take that. Uh, and you do well, if wonder. You're
3: talking
1: about okay, trolls on the message board, that's one thing. But if you're talking about Danny White, that's another.
2: No, no, no. Look, I think Danny White. Look, I think the UCF perspective is, yes, they wanted to get their message across. And I think they got some marketing out of it, though. I mean, oh it boy is. Boy, did they ever. <laughs> OK, but let's not let's acknowledge that that's a big part of this. Yeah, right. They it's the a lot news of this cycle for
1: the entire week on ESPN leading up Correct. to this game. Paul Feinbaum had to talk about it every day on his show leading up to, well, end, leading up to I a mean, CFP championship game between two SEC teams.
2: That creates a problem in journalism today that's that we just, you know, instead of people looking up facts, they just kind of want to yell and call each other names and come up with a nice soundbite. I mean, that's the industry that we're in today and the deal. The thing that you better be careful with if you're UCF, okay, is down the road having a backlash on this because you're agitating people at a very high, powerful positions, basically. So what happens, Jeff, if there is realignment in the next decade and you get shut out? Because you agitated the wrong people. What if, as I was told by people that work at other conferences this week, if one of your sports teams is very close to making the NCAA tournament, whether it be basketball or baseball, if it's close and you get bumped out because of politics, is, does that justify it?
1: What difference does yeah. it make if you're already getting, if that's already happening? What now? The,
2: what, what are you talking? No, but whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not happening to your school, okay? Although you bring up a good point. Here's the other thing. Do you think the group of five is getting screwed only in football? Oh, no, they're getting screwed everywhere else, too. Oh, I agree. Ask Wichita State. Why did Wichita State change from the Missouri Valley to the American Conference? Better chance it's because they to get into the tournament. Well, and, and get seeded better. I mean, they were a 10 seed last year in basketball. They were, the, And remember the year they were the one seed. And they got put with Kentucky in the same bracket. My point is this. You're not going to win this battle. So, yes, you get some PR. You can claim what you want. You've made you've broken it down in details. That's great. But I, I I just think you have to be careful of that line. There is a line at some point you have to say you don't want your season to become, become a punchline. And I don't think we're there yet. So I don't want to make it out that we're not. But I also think we have to understand that by doing this, you are going to get criticized and you can't get offended if some people are offended by it.
1: Oh, I'm not. I'm not offended by it.
2: But I think other fans are. I think fans are, which is why I think fans are offended every time. Just because somebody calls you out, says, I don't agree with this, doesn't mean they're wrong. But I think it's okay. It's okay to have difference of opinions. And I think if we learn as a society, forget this subject, but as a society, to have listen to other ideas and other perspectives, then we might actually get somewhere. But if we're just going to name call each other and anytime somebody questions you, well, you're a hater. You are a hater. You you don't know what you're talking about. On both sides. I'm not suggesting. I think UCF, I I understand the other side. I think Paul Feinbaum was very uh, idiotic in some of the statements he's made. And others as well, like the stupid comment about, well, join another conference and play tough. It doesn't work that way. Uh, so I, I'm saying on both parties, Jeff, I'm not saying that one-siders were right or wrong or the other. I'm just saying that both parties, would you not agree? And I'm not talking about the UCF administration. I'm just talking about the argument that has been taking place on social media and all the trolling and all the, hey, you know, you know, all that stuff. Is that going to, I, to me, that's not healthy. That's not healthy at all. That's not productive well, yeah,
1: to I mean, me. Well, I mean, if you pay attention to that, I get it. But I mean, I. Which a lot of people do. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, it, I,
2: I think you and I are a lot smarter. Look, if people listen to this program going back to the fall, we warned you this was going to happen. We warned you that you were not going to get into the playoff. We explained why. I have been saying this since the 90s when I follow college football that I think there should be an 18 playoff and you have to have automatic bids. And here's the thing. This is my other issue. Everybody's poking and ripping the committee, right? The committee, the committee. And yet, I pointed this out on Monday night. The AP poll had UCF only ranked two spots higher than the committee. I think the coaches had like three. Why didn't anybody go after them? Why? And, and by the way, their final polls, the AP had them at six. The coaches had them at seven. The BCS, if they would have had the BCS formula... Had UCF at number nine, there's no formula out there that would have put UCF in under any circumstances. So this is not just the committee's issue here. This is the whole sport. This is an issue that goes back to the 90s, 80s. You go back. You've mentioned all the flaws in the sport. I think everybody would agree with you. You've pointed it out in your article. There aren't stupid claims in the 40s and the 50s because everybody's selfish in that regard. Hell, I remember 1994, Penn State. None defeated. Didn't whiff the national title because they gave it to Nebraska because the sympathy for Tom Osborne because he never won one, which is an absolutely asinine reason to give a national title. But that's what happened in 1994. So my point is, yes, you're all absolutely right. The whole sport is screwed up. It's flawed. It's biased. And when you depend – OK, when you're depending on opinion, all right, because this whole sport is based on opinion. The reality is nobody really knows. Nobody knows if UCF could beat Alabama. You might think they could beat Alabama. Alabama people might think Alabama could beat UCF and can't compete. But we really don't know. But we, yet don't know. we Nobody knows. But yet that's the that's how college football is decided is based on opinion, which, by the way, it. It. nobody's technically wrong. When you have an opinion, you may not agree with the opinion. Like I know some people are mad because people have said, well, Auburn didn't care about the game with UCF. Well, let me ask you this. Did UCF care when they played Arkansas state last year? Yeah, what happened exactly. then? Remember? No, because here's the thing.
1: I, I guess Georgia didn't it, care when they played Alabama. I, huh?
2: Well, my whole thing, it's funny. Aren't because we're, we're upset because of the way the, the big 12 and the sec treat, the American Conference. And yet, when UCF played Arkansas State, Jeff, what was the the kind of the premise from the famous? Oh, we're playing a Sunbelt school. Don't we do the same thing to other conferences like Conference USA and the Sunbelt and the Mac? Ah, you guys are worthless. What why why are we wasting our time playing? We all do the same thing. We all do the same thing. So no one's innocent in this, and no one, you know. It, 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 to me, I—that's I, the problem that I have with this story—is that no, really at the end of the day, everybody's just going to yell at each other. Everybody will just put out their national championship shirts. I think there's a percentage of UCF fans that are just as happy with this result. They don't want, you know, hey, cool, we're national champions. That's great. But nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to get fixed because we're all going to act like 12-year-olds and we have to have a name calling. And so, unfortunately, the sport's not going to get fixed. And I think that, to me, is the disappointing thing is that's what should be focused on, not, hey, who's claiming national titles? Hey, who's doing this? The, The focus should be making the sport better. But I don't think that's the prop. The, I'm, I'm the gonna, what's going on? At all. I'm going to disagree with you
1: slightly. I don't think the system's going to get changed at least for another seven years. Whenever the contract, not until runs the next out. TV contract,
2: correct? 2025,
1: I, I think, is when it's due to is due to
2: come Correct. Up.
1: What I do think, though, is it pulled back the curtain on what I believe was an established consensus that the Power Five conferences wanted to have out there in the public consciousness that actually, no, this really is legit now. The BCS is the past. It wasn't, It, it you know, the, the college football playoff is a fully legit system. And I love the fact that it's, you know, our, our alma mater, UCF, that threw a wrench into the system. And said, hey, guys, the emperor has no clothes still. Now, yeah, when people but realize but that's not, that, that's going to be the impetus for action when contract time does come around. Is it going to no, change No, I, I disagree well, with
2: of it. Of not. I, dis- I disagree, by the way. That's not what's going to change it. What's going to change it is when TV wants more playoff games. That's what it's going to change. When money gets involved and says, hey, we want 18s instead of four because we want the extra game and we want more money. Okay, that's when it's going to change. Right, but didn't, it's this, change-
1: didn't this just – jump the demand for that
2: no because oh i disagree because uh, because we're hearing a
1: lot of stuff now about you got to expand the playoff you got to expand the playoff you got to expand the playoff more than we have heard in the last four years
2: no you heard it you've heard it before you've heard it every time a team gets left out you heard it last year when penn state got left out when they won the big 10 and they put ohio state in right you heard it on selection we've heard it before
1: but now it's reaching a fever pitch and, uh, and that's the, and that's the key, because we didn't have a test case before. Now we do. It's what you could make previously arguments about why Penn State shouldn't have been in while they lost a game. Um, I forgot what Penn State's record was before, because obviously they weren't. They had two undefeated. losses. They had two, they had two losses, losses lost okay. to Michigan
2: and you Pittsburgh. Could, and that's why I that... make
1: that argument. But we didn't have an undefeated, basically Cinderella team. Okay. that you could point to and say we want to see how that team would stack up against the big boys and we're not going to because Western the Western Michigan big boys wait are wait hold on, hold on
2: a second it's not true though. Western Michigan was undefeated going into that selection and they didn't even sniff it we forget it cuz they you lost say, their bowl game to Wisconsin Western Michigan was in the same mix all right Houston beat Florida state on the field all right at the Peach Bowl they had one loss and that one loss was cuz they had their backup quarterback now,
1: but none of those were playoff games.
2: Correct. But I think, yes, the fact that you see UCF finished undefeated and beat Look, let's be honest, a lot of this is because a lot of people don't like Alabama. A lot of people don't like Alabama. They don't like Nick Saban. Oh, of course. If Cle- <laughs> if Cle- if, let me ask you, if Clemson's playing Oklahoma, do you think it'd be as loud? Because I don't. Um, I just think people love trolling Alabama. Uh-huh. I agree. No, I agree. I think a lot of this has to do with the two things. It was Alabama, and first of all, it was two SEC teams, and people just right. get you know that, flip that, out. Now that, that is know. that is also a big factor yeah. because remember we had this
1: you know we had yes. this discussion before. Was it six years ago when Alabama and LSU played? LSU,
2: correct? Yeah, when, Yeah, they, uh, Alabama got the benefit of the doubt over Oklahoma State, even though Alabama didn't even win their didn't win their division because they lost LSU during the season, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that was a two team deal. Uh, A lot of this is because of the SEC envy, and there is SEC envy, Um, there's no question, and Alabama envy. If Alabama was not in the mix, I don't think the argument would be as loud, but because it was Alabama and people have a problem with Alabama and people have a problem with teams that win all the time, it got taken to the next level, and I'm fine with that. That's okay. Uh, I don't have a problem. I just think the conversations need to be civil and we need to look at it from all different angles. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to listen to people. I think sometimes we just don't listen to them and we just, well, ah, you're screwed. You're biased. You're crap. You know, there are points that can be made for both parties. That doesn't mean that that just because somebody questions certain things that you could do better. I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, and I think if we can get to that point, I think we'd be better off. Um but I think, uh, yes, I think a part of this was the Alabama thing and everybody, you know, the old Auburn thing. But uh, I look, ask people that follow the sport very closely. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but the SEC is better than the American Conference. I mean, it just is. There is tougher places to play. So I understand that argument. But I also think it's a little nonsense. I have also said this for the last twenty five years, and in particular in the last decade, just because you play in the best conference doesn't mean you're the best team and that's been my other counter argument to that, that so my I, my, you know, addi-
1: there- my addendum to that argument would be yes the s e c top to bottom is better than the- is better than the american right. but let's not pretend that the gap between the s e c and the american is as big as people think because it's not
2: Agree. But you know this? Anybody that's followed college football and you have followed this like I have for a long time. This is this is nothing new. It's all perception. It's all the sport is built. The college football out of any sport, any sport is heavily dependent on brands and tradition. So to people to act shocked that Alabama's of the world are going to get the benefit of the doubt shouldn't be. This has always happened since the dawn of you know days. I mean, this has always happened. Um, it just is what it is. I just don't believe uh, you just have, like I said, I think UCF has made their point. I agree, but I think you also have to be careful in, Going to the point where now people don't take you the the this, the argument seriously. It kind of reminds me of the NFL with all with the controversy with the players and taking the knee, right, for the for the national anthem. Well, what was the message? Why did you take a knee? There was obviously a message, and what ha- one of the problems that happened was the message got lost. What the reasoning they were taking the, the knee got lost in the translation because all people focused was, oh, well, that player's taking a knee during the national anthem. How un-American, including the president, by the way, he made a bigger deal out of it. But the message got lost. There was a message, The re- there was a reason why they were doing it, for, but that got lost. I don't want the message to get lost, Jeff. That's my biggest concern. Don't lose the message. The message is we had a heck of a football team on the field that did this and did this. That's what the focus should be on, not on the antics itself. Does that make sense?
1: I see what you're I see what you're saying but at the same time we've heard that argument that sort of throttled back argument year in and year out and I think UCF is now turning it up to 11 and saying look you will start taking us seriously because we take ourselves seriously with this and you know, oh by the, and and that's the other thing why the going back to the Kali Matrix poll, why that's so important is because, to me, it's one thing if you just stand out there and declare yourself national champions because of the transitive property, right? We beat the team that beat these two teams that played for the championship, therefore we're better than they are. Um, While logically sound, it doesn't work that way. However, when you can point to something that says according to the rules, technicality or not, According to the rules, we can claim a national championship. I say go for it, especially when you have yeah, precedent I I, set I, by those by other schools that have no problem doing the same thing. But I don't call, think it, that are now calling you out for it. Well, I don't like I said earlier, the emperor has no clothes.
2: I don't think just because if UCF would have been ranked two or three in the Collie matrix, I don't think that thing. I don't think any less of them as far as their argument, though. Like, I don't think that art, that just because they're number one, their argument is justified. I think the argument is one way or the other, regardless of that ranking. Uh, and they obviously feel that they should have gotten the opportunity. And I agree. But I also think Ohio State should get opportunity. And I think USC should get the opportunity because I don't think – I don't think winning a conference championship should be devalued either. And that's the problem I have. One of the bigger issues with the system is I don't have a problem with Alabama being in the system, in the playoff, because they are one of the best teams in the country. But why should it be at the expense of a Big Ten champion or a Pac-12 champion? Why do we get to these stupid little arguments? Well, this conference is not that good or this conference is not that good. Just let the conference champions play. You have an 18 playoff and you settle it on the field that way. I, I, I just it's always yeah. mind boggling to me and the hypocrisy, by the way, the, of the sport and all these higher ups. Well, we want to keep it at four because uh, the the value of the regular season, you know, so it's crap. That's the biggest beach a bunch of crap that's gone back to the 80s. The regular season is the most overrated thing they've always said. The regular season is every game doesn't mean the same. There's like about 100 schools that their games don't mean nothing. You can go 13 and oh, you got no shot. Alabama this year proved it in the 14 playoff. They could have, I knew going into that Auburn game, they could lose to that game and they were probably going to get into the playoff anyway, because they were ranked number one for most of the year. And that's the belief is that Alabama has the best players. And maybe they did. And they, you know, they certainly to their credit, beat Clemson and Georgia, which is not an easy thing to do is to go back to back and beat, you know, Clemson and Georgia. So, I think there's a lot of flaws and there's a lot of, you know, miscalculations in the argument. Look, I don't have a problem with UCF claiming national titles and celebrating it and making their point. I don't think that that's fine, but let's not lose the message here. Let's not get carried away here because you can claim that, but you also have to understand that, you know, I don't, I mean, do you, let me ask you this. If we did a poll, how, are you you think ever UCFM fan truly believes in your heart of hearts, your national champions today?
1: Um, am Give I me dosing, the am I dosing them with sodium pentothal?
2: <laughs> before I <laughs> ask them that question. <laughs> a, no, I mean, do, let me, do you feel like the national champion?
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Why? OK if you do great because UCF won every game they okay. did, they did what they were supposed to do and if that's what you need to do to if that's what you need to do in order to claim that yeah hang that banner hang that banner baby go ahead hang it up
2: if UCF would have lost the game during the season do they not why wouldn't they still have a shot why shouldn't they still get consideration
1: no, because you lost. You had just as many losses as everybody. So
2: else. wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So Alabama can lose a game, but UCF can't. Isn't that a flaw in the system as well? Why? Why? What's the oh, difference? Oh, certainly, it's
1: a flaw in the system. Tell that okay. depends. Tell that to Penn, see, uh, tell that to, uh, to Ohio State.
2: <laughs> see, because my argument—that's the other argument I've been annoyed with. Well, they went undefeated. They should be. I don't think just because you're undefeated, you should be in. If you, you know, I mean, if a team goes twelve and zero but played as a bunch of FCS schools, I don't think they should be in the playoff. You mean like you know, Alabama. You play after, Alabama played what? One FCS team?
1: <laughs> they had. I, I'm going to check their. They schedule didn't play here, five.
3: They, um, they didn't play
1: five six. Let's see their schedule here. Uh, played Mercer. I know that. Oh yeah, it's Vaughn, powerhouse Mercer. Mercer. Um, Just, let's see. They also played. Um, okay, so they did play Mercer. They uh, they played Fresno, Colorado State at home. Okay.
2: Fair. Yeah, look, everybody wants to knock the Alabama schedule. They played Florida State to open the year. Florida State was a top five preseason team in the country. It's the not quarterback their fault. out in the first half, and that ended FSU season. And that, you know that's the tricky thing about this kind of stuff. You know, some people want to knock them because well, Florida State's not any good. Well, we don't know. They got hurt. They played Florida State at the healthiest, and that's a hard thing to judge. How do you play? You know, these certain teams are. You know, when do you play them? The time of year and things like that. Uh, It's hard. I mean, it's a hard thing to based on. That's, again, why I am a a very heavy dependent on you go with you go with bids. You have to have some sort of criteria. Every sport has criteria. The NFL has criteria, the NBA. You have to have criteria. If you want to end biasness, if you want to get rid of all that, that's how you do it. Any other, you know, salute, any other ideas you're going to come up with will not get rid of biasness or, you know, very being very anti this or very, you know, pro that it's never going to end. It's not going to end it.
1: I'll look no matter at, how know, loud I, you I, scream I, and yell, it will look at. I tell you what it did change for me, and I, I guess we'll leave it here. Is. Before um, I really thought that a eight-team playoff, six major conference, cha- or five major conference champions, uh, top top rated team from the group of five, and two at larges would be satisfactory. Uh, I'm not so sure about that anymore. What do you mean? Uh, I am coming around to the idea that it should be a 16 team playoff. And yeah. and yeah. all 10 conference champions get automatic bids.
2: I don't have a problem with that, but this sport works like a glacier. So right. um, we, well, I mean, we you, just could
1: you could, it, you could it, it, remember it's 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 the NCAA that does which has not no backbone, award a national champion. They have
2: no backbone because they have no backbone. We say that now a-
1: until you know, and they say, and, wow. and, and one of the one of the things, old saying from politics, I forget where, is, you know, change always seems impossible until one day it happens. Well, and it
2: hasn't happened
1: ever. It, it hasn't happened yet. But if leadership changes in the NCAA, if things change with the NCAA with regard to um, you know labor laws, and there's well, massive reform of right. the NCAA level which we could see one day you well never know we could see the NCAA he, grow a pair and say all good. right we're going to host an FBS 16 team uh 16 team playoff all the conference champions six at larges uh determined by a committee um uh, you know a selection committee just like basketball right
2: just just like FCS just like one just double like, you know FCS, two. Uh, division
1: 2 division 3 you name it and it'll be and, and this is how it's going to be and if you don't like it too bad you don't get to call yourself a national champion.
2: Uh, that's fine, but I mean, this sport was at you know didn't even have anything until like 2014, where they did this four team invite deal. Uh, so we we move like glaciers. So, so like, can we just is possible? I, yeah, we just may not be around to see it. <laughs> well, it,
1: well, it, well it, right. was, it wasn't all that long ago that people were saying a four team playoff would never happen.
2: I agree, and I think what's going to happen is I think by next decade. And I'm talking 2025, something like that. I think you're going to go up to eight. And and I think there's going to be movement in the conference. Here's the other thing you got to be concerned about. When you make these type of proclaims pro, pro national titles, you have to run, run the risk about this. That all the Power Five schools says, okay, cool, congratulations. Why don't you guys keep playing for that championship and uh, we'll just play for our championship. And now you split. Now you split. And now you're not even allowed to play these power five schools because that, that some people have had that concern. Nick Saban's made that comment that he would prefer to just play power five schools, which I think would be horrible uh, because guess what? You're now not going to make any money out of those games. That's one of the reasons people. Have, I, it's funny because some people are like, why isn't Mike Oresco spoken? Well, because the American conference currently is in a TV negotiations and that peach bowl that UCF got made a lot of money for the American conference. You don't want to lose that paycheck. You don't want to lose it. And I think that's something that you also have to be careful of is – and I'm not talking about UCF, but I'm talking about if more schools try to go this route of proclaiming national titles and try to rub it into people's faces or whatever you want to claim, that the Power Five will one day say, all right, you're right. You know what? You guys will shake hands. Good luck. Have your playoff. We'll have our playoff. And we split up.
1: Well, I think you're going to get into some – antitrust territory when that starts happening
2: i'm just i'm just saying i mean anything's possible i mean it's 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 a wacky world man it's a wacky world yeah. uh so we'll see uh we'll see where this goes i don't think the story has been fully written on the on the whole impact on it uh but you know well, time will tell i i again i don't see anything changing within the next decade and look from a ucf perspective can we agree on this at least we'll agree on this because I think we'd agree, and I know some people got mad at this deal because some of the early preseason rankings for next season was released by some people, and UCF was ranked in the you know 15 to 20, 25 range, and people got upset about that because they return a lot of the core of the players. And I said, look, that's the norm, especially losing Scott Frost and the coaching staff. People are going to drop them down just because of that, whether you like it or not. And people go, oh, you're a hater, you're mad. No, that's just the way it is. UCF's got to prove that they can win 10, 11, 12 games every year. That's what Boise State did. That's yeah. what TCU did. That's what that's Utah, what Utah did. did, right? But how did it, and then Utah and TCU ended up in power conferences? Boise's still they, on the outside looking in. Well, and I, what hurts Boise is the location and all that, but and timing, obviously. But TCU and Utah, what got them into the Power 5 conferences was they were consistent winners and the timing was right. And that's what you got to do. You just got to keep winning. Go win 10, 11, 12 games next year, and the year after that, and the year after that. And now guess what happens? Now you get the benefit of the doubt. Now you get the benefit of the doubt. The, 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 the benefit of the doubt you didn't get this year, now all of a sudden you're getting it next down the road. And I think that's what the program has to do. Are we going to talk about Dan Levitard? Because I, I do want to defend let's, Dan Levitard. Let's,
1: let's, let's hit Dan Levitard real quick because he yeah. – um, <laughs> he he declared UCF the Dan Levitard show national champion and uh yes, at, go, which I do have ahead. the shirt.
2: I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I have the I shirt. Got, I got the shirt too. And I mean, it's great. It, Spe-
1: and I Speaking he wanted to, somebody who likes to poke the bear and correct. You know, and
2: poke it in justice. Well, and I want to address that because uh, he wanted to do the show from our from the campus. Uh at UCF and I guess UCF said no. Um, yeah, yeah, there's some for very, reason for what I
1: heard. From what I heard yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Dan Lebitard listening to his show, that the athletic department was on board. Mm-hmm. The university administration was not.
2: I mean, there were some behind. I'm sure there's some behind the scenes things that people could figure out as time. Oh, well, this is why it didn't happen. I mean, there's probably a business, you know, things like that. But I know some well, fans I, I heard think- it,
1: would, it would upset um, the uh, the radio partner. Because UCF's radio partner is 740 The Game, which is not an ESPN affiliate, whereas uh, Dan Levitard obviously is on ESPN Radio. Local affiliate here is 580. Um, And UCF did not want to, as an administration from a business perspective, did not want to upset the apple cart with their current uh, radio rights holder. That
2: could be true. I mean, that might be true. That, I mean, we've you know, been in the radio industry for a long time. I, I could see that developing. But regardless of that, because I know some fans were like, oh, I, well, Levittart's just mocking us. He's mocking. And that's not true. That's not true. Dale Levittart has been defending UCF throughout the season, all year long, talked about Shaquem Griffin and everything like that. And so on. I, I
1: think a couple times on the show, didn't
2: he? Correct. It? And in fact, I have a clip for you. Because some people are like, well, you know, people some people got upset because I guess he gave the trophy to Lane Kiffin on uh, Tuesday's <laughs> yeah. episode. And I said, well, the reason he gave it to him is because UCF turned it down. <laughs> what do you want him to do? <laughs> uh, which, by the way, sets up a heck of a story. Can we make next year UCF is hosting FAU at what I now call Scott Frost Field? Um, yes. That's what I'm claiming. I'm declaiming that um, after the best coach in the history of the football program. But, uh, <laughs> hey, if we could claim national titles and head, why can't I claim him as the best head coach of all time? I could do that, too. But
1: you're not an NCAA yeah. sanctioned selector. That's why, Eric Lopez.
2: What do we have to do to be one? Can we do that? Can Black and Gold Banneret become an NCAA selector? You know,
1: selector? I, I was listening to uh, the interview um, earlier today with Wes Colley. Our, our friend Mike Tuck was filling in yeah. for Mark Daniels um, today. He had Wes Colley on the show. And I wanted Mike to ask him that and like, what do you have to do to become an NCAA major selector? Like, what did you have to do to get to get that you know, badge, if you will, um, that merit badge? Right. And, uh, and, and and he didn't and he didn't ask the question. Dog on it. So one day I want to find that out is, is sounds like you
2: have you're going to have to, get you're gonna have to get him. Gonna you're going to have to get him. You're going to have to get Kali. Right. Anyway, and uh, Carrie, uh, but, uh, go, go
1: ahead with what you're saying.
2: So I guess Lane Kiffin has the trophy. Well, FAU is playing UCF next year. I want that to be the Dan Levitard Bowl. I want that trophy. <laughs> I think if we beat FAU, we take that trophy. I want the trophy. I want that. But I'm going to defend Dan. I have a clip here from Tuesday because some people are like, well, that means he was off the UCF bandwagon. And he was just going to mock us. There was some concern. People are like, well, we don't want him here because he might mock us. And No, he's a full UCF supporter. And I have an audio to claim that because he got into a big time argument. In Tuesday's episode with college game day host Reese Davis. So here's the clip. What do you used to do is just uh, It's you also a bogus like national
0: stars. championship. Uh, UCF has his rightful acclaim. I'm I'm not even kidding, Reese. I know I know that you're the college football face and voice, but I am saying that never before have we had such a clear doubt about whether we should have co champions or not. Co-champions. Be-
3: no, you're out of your mind. Never ah. before. What about LSU and USC?
0: How many undefeated teams are there in the country right now, Reese? No, How no, many no, undefeated teams said. are there? Wait,
3: that, that's not what you said. You said never before have we had such a doubt that that's there would right. be co-national champion. That's, gotcha. that's, you got you said. that's right. you yeah, And you're right. wrong about that. Tell me why I'm 2003, wrong. 2003, uh, number one, because LSU and USC in 2003 would certainly be a debatable point, as with many others in the past. But here's the analogy... That I would draw just because I think his name is Pedro Fullerman from the Phillies, hit 364 this year as a late season call up. He didn't win the batting title, he didn't have enough big league at bats.
2: This you is Bull Blake.
3: No no, 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 this is the regional champion. No, this is your
0: SEC bias. We're in bed with the SEC no, network. This is your SEC You're out bias. Of your mind. This is what's You're happening out here. Of your mind. You're telling me, how much better is Mississippi State than the University of South Florida? Tell me, because they're not. And, the teams well, in the SEC are not, not better not than the South Florida true. team UCF beats.
3: So is that the so is that the measure that you're going to use to apply? Should the measure to be that you think the, the SEC is the great? Level teams are Tone issues. Then well, let me let me ask you this: Do you think that going through the schedule in the American Conference, while it's a good league with good teams, is the same as going through the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, or the SEC or the ACC? Uh, he does,
0: Reese. Reese. I want to be clear. We're all you're, with you're you. Out of your mind. No, we're all with you're you. I, no, no we're is, all with you, Reese. No, he is I, out no, of his no. mind. No, yes. The Reece. way that he frames it, there, he's right. But I could come back just as easily and say to you that if Alabama had exactly Central Florida's resume, you would make them the national champion. I could say that, and you would because of the reputation no. Alabama has.
3: Not, not if they play. Not if they play the American schedule, which is a, again a good league. And the reason I don't like these debates is because it sounds as if I'm bashing UCF. They had a great year, and they're capable of beating. being Maybe they are capable of running through. They a should system. be
0: co-champions.
3: We have a system. You can't just change. No, I, the can, rules I can. You don't I can. Like I
0: don't. It. I think the system's bogus. I can. Okay. The, 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 well, I already what, paid a fine.
3: Ray, uh, okay. stay strong, man. So you, you should, you should declare that you you
0: could get them a trophy. I have a trophy. They didn't I have a trophy here for them <laughs> that they won't accept. It. It's a trophy. Somebody send it to Reese Davis. I have a trophy. I've got 4,500 t-shirts declaring you, them national champion. You just agreed to send it to Lane Kiffin. You can't send it to everyone. I know. I'll send it to Reese, too. Send a piece of it to Reese <laughs> so he can eat it. No one wants the trophy, I man. know. I'm very ashamed of that. Uh, Reese, I'm sorry for my tone. I do love you, and thank you for playing along with our show.
2: There you go. I mean, look at the passion right there with Levitard calling out Reese Davis feeling that UCF should be in. And it was Reese that was the, quote, anti-UCF. He's more the Alabama guy going back to our original point. Bob Bowlesby ain't the only one that thinks that way. Reese Davis doesn't believe UCF could compete with the Alabama schedule or the SEC and things like that. But Levitard and Reese had an argument about that. But Re- Levitard's very consistent, and I've listened to him for many years. He's always been anti this system, to your point. So he was very pro-UCF. So I'm disappointed – Um. That they didn't allow Dan Libertard to do his national radio show from campus uh because or somewhere in Orlando, because I think that would have been great exposure for the university. I understand the business side of things, and I think maybe your point was maybe probably accurate. Who knows? Um but I, I want to point out that Dan Libertard is not mocking UCF, that he he is very on very much on UCF's side. He generally he does believe UCF's the best team. So I, I, for those that think he was going to mock UCF, is completely inaccurate.
1: Um, one last point before we go to break: uh, some UCF fans uh, pulled some money together and uh, put up a, uh, a billboard, uh, which uh, in Alabama, uh, by the way, on McFarland Boulevard in Tuscaloosa. Uh, this billboard says, Congratulations, Alabama. How about a home and home series with UCF? Created and paid for by UCF fans.
2: Fair? Um, well, when you say fair, as far as what?
1: Uh, fair, fair to call them out in their own hometown and ask them that.
2: Well, let me On ask the part you this of the is fans. Fun. Mind you, it was fans that did this. Right. I mean, the fans put the money. I mean, I guess you could it's fair to do whatever you want if you spend money. Right. I guess <laughs> it's your money. Um, do whatever the hell you want. You know, it's funny that argument has been brought up, and, and and there's two sides to this, right? I mean, yes, in a perfect world, you like to do a home and home, but that's not realistic. Ironically, by the way, Alabama will play in Orlando to open the season. They'll play at the Citrus. UCF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going to play at the Citrus Bowl against Louisville. So, so the national champs will be in Orlando on opening weekend yeah, or whatever you know,
1: that is. You know, what. Lopez, you got to come in with your with, with your wrestling guys and be like, "What's that? That's UCF's music." I want to wear my
2: leotard <laughs> shirt. Oh my God! Cash in, um, cash in <laughs> it's uh, Here's my music. Thing. Right, right. Just go boom tackle. <laughs> I think a home and home, whatever. Uh, my thing is this. Alabama, to their credit, every year plays a neutral game. They played Florida State in Atlanta this yep. year, for example. They played uh, West Virginia in the past in Atlanta. They played Michigan in and Arlington in and, uh, Dallas recently. They played Wisconsin in Arlington. They played USC in Arlington. They're going to play Louisville in Orlando, as I mentioned. So I, I, I think it's a little unfair to say that Alabama is one of the few SEC teams that will go out and play people. They don't. They won't go on the road, per se, but they also won't necessarily just, oh, it's a one home game. They'll go right. to a neutral field. So my question to counter to that would be, what if Alabama said, hey, why don't we just play in a neutral field? I don't think we should uh, take that. De- see,
1: if I, like, if it, I'm UCF, I'm taking that tomorrow.
2: Well, and that's my thing. My thing is this.
1: Uh, I'll, I think, I'll, play, I'll play them in Honolulu. I don't care.
2: Let's go. I agree. And my thing is this. And I know this will not be a popular comment. But if a team says, because Florida State and Miami's of the world had to do this back in the day. Hey, come to us, play one game here and then we want to play in a neutral field. I still think you take it. Yeah. I don't think it has to be a home and home and it or, or to know and I I hope we don't get into what has to be a home and home or else cuz then you're going to have a hard time getting people to play you. It'd be great to do home and homes, but Alabama historically as I mentioned, they play more neutral games, so you're going to have to be more adaptive to that see, idea. See, that's the thing yeah.
1: where I'm like, you know, <laughs> I you know, I, I'm not even see O'Leary used to do this, right? Um, yeah. O'Leary was like, "Look, I'm I'm going to play one at you. You're going to play one at me. I'm not going to do a two for one or any of that." And I actually, sure. I actually disagreed with that. I I love it when UCF is like, we, uh, when UCF does what what Boise actually Correct. has done is we don't care where we're going to play you. We'll play you and we'll beat. Correct. You. <laughs> Correct. They, they went no. to uh, what was it they, the one year they went to. Uh, didn't they beat Virginia Tech in uh Washington
2: D.C. Yes, in Landover. They in beat Lando- them in Landover. Landover. They beat yep. Georgia in Atlanta. Yeah, they beat uh, Georgia
1: in Atlanta one correct. year. I mean, that's you know and and I had, and and I love Boise State for doing that and I think UCF should sure. do the same thing. Alabama, where you want to play? You want to play in downtown Birmingham? You want to play yeah. it in, in the Citrus Bowl, the cap, or, or okay, Camping World Stadium, yeah. whatever. You want to play hey. <laughs> you want to play in you know, Legion Field. On. Or do you want to play right. you, you want to play in the Rose Bowl? Let's go. <laughs> Let's I agree. This. No,
2: I, I agree. And I hope that's the message. that That's the thing we should do is that's uh, the deal. You don't want to get like, well, we'll play home and home. And if you don't play here, then we're not going to play. I mean, that's how you make a an aim. And here's the thing. As great as the Auburn win is in January, the impact was bigger if you beat an Auburn-type team in September. If you beat them in September, your argument's much more, even much more valid. It's hard yeah, that to do an Georgia game, Tech or,
1: game, even though Georgia Tech didn't have a good year this year, sure. that, that Georgia well, Tech game it, it, losing right. that did hurt.
2: and UCF's gotten some bad luck in that, like next year, for example, they're playing North Carolina and Pittsburgh, two teams that have been very good recently, but are both coming off bad years. So now all of a sudden it's kind of like, well, we tried, right? Well that's right. our argument. We tried. <laughs> We can't control how certain teams drop, right? Like, that's right. the issue also. So it's not easy. <laughs> that game, not that game easy. looked good when we scheduled it. <laughs> it did. It did. So it's tough. That's why I don't believe in the, well, you got to schedule tougher. Well, some things just don't break that way. Um, yeah. And, and so so,
1: Well, we did schedule tougher. What do you want from us? We, we,
2: you, do, right. Schedule irony, out right. four or five years well, in advance. Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, not only you have North Carolina and Pittsburgh, but I mentioned FAU, which, no joke, I think FAU is going to be – could be a top 25 team going into next season with Lane Kiffin. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, they're going to be really, really good. And uh, that's going to be a heck of a game. So it's actually I – would, I would say that next year's schedule is way tougher than this year's schedule. So I actually do think if UCF were to uh, go undefeated next year, they'll get more benefit of the doubt. I don't know if they get into the playoffs still because of the system the way it is. But I do think they would be ranked higher uh, – Based compared to this year, plus they would have done it for a second year in a row, and I, I you know, you'll hope that either Carolina or Pittsburgh, one of them bounces back next year and has a good year.
1: Yeah. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and um,
2: we'll put a bow on that one for now. Uh, Can we get a parade, the um, Holy Matrix parade? Can you present the trophy? I, I want had you the
1: parade. I was there at Disney. It let's have happened.
2: another one. Well, let's have another one. I mean, let's have They're the a Matrix
1: celebration Matrix. at the basketball game on Tuesday.
2: You present. I want you to present the trophy. You wrote a heck of an article. I'm black and go You were the first. I think you're the one that, you know, you brought this to everybody's attention. Spectrum sports put you on their show. Uh, yeah, your article.
1: I got to, I got to tip my cap to Despina Barton who, uh, yeah. who grabbed that tweet, which people are still favoriting and yeah. retweeting. Tonight, That's what I'm saying. 24 so hours I later. Think
2: the, I think the fair thing is you should present them with the Coley matrix. Number one ranking national title. You deserve it. You're more qualified than the other people that gave away the, uh, who presented the trophies at the, uh, you know, parade in downtown or whatever. That's uh, what I'm, that's what I, I want you to declare it. I'm well, I, I. Whoever I got to talk to, I will push for it. I want Jeff Sharon to present the Coley matrix national team.
1: <laughs> we need to, we need to get this. Uh, we need to get West Collie, um We need to West get Collie. West Colley involved in, involved in this and, I don't know. Maybe, yes. maybe, maybe Sam can get it. Can, can help us out with
2: this too. I don't. know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, someone, somebody's so. got to know. Yeah, we got to make this out. We're gonna, we're gonna get them all. We're gonna try and all get right. them all. We gotta. We gotta. Right. We're gonna
1: take a quick break. Um, speaking to, speaking of Sam and company, but um, when we get back, we'll hit basketball. Um, and we'll tie up some loose ends uh, elsewhere as well. Stick around. The Black and Gold Banner at Podcast is back after this. The Black and Gold Bannerette podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's such a dedicated Knight fan that right now, if you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give them a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit on the web at wesellorlando.net. Again, that's we orlando. Dot net you can also reach them on Facebook at facebook.com slash we sell Orlando get in touch with the Unger real estate group today and make finding your dream home a reality
0: and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on!
1: Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez with you. Follow us on Twitter at UCF Banneret and also follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Black and Gold. Banneret, we're on google play itunes soundcloud stitcher and tune in that's where you can subscribe to this podcast leave us a rating let us know how we're doing send us some questions you can hit us up at black and gold at gmail.com uh by the way yeah.
2: by the way so we're talking national championships we are the black and gold Banneret. it is the 2017 fantasy football champions as we destroyed nightline i just want to know when do we get our trophy
1: what yes Listen, this is the and most important dinner. this is the most important championship question that we need to get settled right here. Am right? So uh Trace and Andrew were looking at you. Um I I was t- remember we asked, you know, they said, "Well, what are the steaks? and I said, <laughs> "Well, steak." So listen, we will not accept we will not accept uh you know, steak burgers from uh what the heck's that place called? Steak and shake. One steak and shake. Now we're not doing Nothing, that. We okay? love steak
2: and shake. Nothing against that. Right. You know, it's it's, it's got to be.
1: Belief. We're looking for honest to god steak here. Okay, so the ball's in your court, boys. Let's get it. Let's get it together. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, probably, I'm probably. By the way, get, I do want to get like although, a frozen steak mailed to me or something.
2: Although I mean, Trace, we're rooting for you. He's right now in last place in his fantasy basketball challenge. He's the defending champion. He does this with like five of his friends. Trace. And he's in last place right now. I talked to him. He's not in a you know. Needs to he's rally. Right. Needs to rally. I know. Big. Go. Got to get going, buddy. Got to go yeah. going. We're 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 Listen, behind you on this. If you conference need any help play
1: now, man. Conference play. Let's go.
2: Step it up, man. Let's go. All right.
1: All Speaking right. of conference play, <laughs> uh, men's and women's basketball are uh, elbow deep in it now. Uh, earlier tonight, we're recording this on Wednesday, January tenth. Um, UCF men's basketball fell at UConn at Gamble Pavilion. 62 to 53. Game was on CBS Sports Network. It's UCF's uh first or excuse me, second conference loss of the season. They dropped to three and two in the league, twelve and five uh overall. And a game that was pretty tight um all the way through. The Knights were down nine at the half, um, but you know, it never really felt like they were out of it. A little bit of a chippy ball game, too. Uh three nights and double figures. Cesar De Jesus was uh had thirteen. Four assists and five boards. Uh, Terrell Allen had 12 points and four rebounds. Taco Fall, 11 points, five boards, and it was 5 of 7 from the field. Uh, however, um, you know, UCF couldn't get the shooting going. 5 of 21 from beyond the arc, just 19 of 52 from the field. Despite a pretty good performance at the line, 10 out of 12. Um UCF did shoot uh, in the first the first half was just bad. Nine of twenty-seven from the field, one of nine from three-point range. Um on the other side for UConn, eighteen points from Christian Vital, uh and uh, thirteen each from Jalen Adams, who crossed the one thousand point bar- uh uh crossed the one thousand point barrier in this game. And uh Terry Larrier. Let's give some credit to the UCF defense who also held UConn to just nineteen field goals themselves. Um, but they did hit four threes for the game, uh, and they were 20 of 21 at the line. Note the free throw difference. UCF with 12 free throw attempts to UConn's 21. Uh, Rebounds were also in favor of UConn uh, 31 to 29, Uh, and it was chippy. There was a hard foul uh, during the middle of the game, Um, That led to a little bit of a scuffle. I think it was – I forget who it was. I think it was Deion Griffin was – actually, it looked like he got mostly ball when he was chasing down a uh, block, Um, then ended up in a scuffle. And then there was a scuffle after the game. Um, I think it was Griffin again, and uh, I'll have to go back and look. And I think it was – it may have been Jalen Adams involved in it. I didn't see – did you see who it was? I didn't. I think Vidal was involved in that, too. Vidal was involved in it, yeah. But – <laughs> uh, Which Brian was Murphy pre- and you brought, both brought this up at basically the same time on Twitter that that uh, the conflict is back.
2: <laughs> See, it turns out we just had the wrong sport for the wrong trophy. Sport, was, exactly. Yeah, that's all. I want that. Tro- whoever has that trophy, bring it out on January 31st when let's the go, two basketball teams pick play. Go it off the bench uh,
1: in Hartford. It's. I bet you it's in a closet somewhere, like like in, in, at the at Wrenchler Field. It's got to be right. Oh, well, let's get it. I, mean, I contacted UConn, and I asked. I, I asked the rest. Of the I said, "Where is the trophy?" He says, "We don't know." I'm not sure. I believe that.
2: It's <laughs> a good question. Um, yeah, I got chippy there. I, first of all, you mentioned the foul. That was ridiculous. Steve Lapis, who called the game, did a great job of analyzing that. Griffin was going all ball. It, it he did make a play for the
1: ball. That that was clear. Yeah, it was which is the that's not, All you could do. He, he was not right. intentionally trying to.
2: No, and the, play, and the, the UCon- UConn player, and the UConn player was trying to dunk the ball, and uh, and slow down. Yeah, that's what happened. And so you have a physical contact, and you know this happens in the NBA too. The, the sports, you know, the, the way they're calling games has become softer and wussifying it. Oh my God, he pushed him, and all this—it's a flagrant foul. It's ridiculous, and that was huge because I, I thought that's a little took,
1: different in the regular season. But go ahead.
2: I think it's absurd. That should not have been a flagrant one. That was a hard foul. There's nothing wrong with it. And it was ridiculous. And I thought that helped Connecticut kind of get the momentum late in that first half to build it up to nine. The bottom line is um, the big question to me is going to be when does B.J. Taylor return? Right. Uh, He was uh, nobody knows. Uh, Coach Dawkins keeps saying he's day to day. uh, They mentioned on the tele. We all (laughs) right No, And this is the thing. And my theory was because I was at the Temple game. Uh, while you were at Disney at the parade and Murph was in Jacksonville, by the way, for the mm-hmm. NFL playoff. Uh, cause that's what we do here. We cover everybody. Um, and you know, I felt like when I knew I found that he wasn't going to play the temple game, I had a feeling he wasn't going to play this Yukon game. Cause if you look at the schedule, they don't play again until that Cincinnati game on Tuesday. So basically he's got another full week mm-hmm. to be ready. And I think the Cincinnati game is huge. Cincinnati, I think, is the second-best team in the conference behind Wichita State. Uh, they're they're tough. but Home game. Correct. Uh, I think B.J. Taylor, if this team has any chance to make the NCAA tournament, they're going to need B.J. Taylor. And the question, if he doesn't come back for Cincinnati, let's say, now the question becomes, well, does he come back? What's going on? Uh, it'll be interesting if he comes back. And when does he come back? Because Lapis brought it up in the broadcast. It's going to take some time to gel once he gets back. So they need to get him back soon because this defense is legit. Uh, coming into this UConn game, they were third in the country in scoring against, sixth in the country in field goal percentage against. Defense is there, and the defense will give them a chance to win every game. But as we saw, their offense is very tough right now. They don't have consistent players. A lot of it is youth. The shooting's erratic. BJ's a guy that can clean up a lot of that. BJ's a type of guy that can make a lot of guys get easier shots. Yeah. So they need the bottom line is if they don't have if they don't get BJ Taylor back, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. Their only shot to go deep in the conference and compete in the conference at a high level is they get BJ back sooner than later. Whether that you know, when does that happen? I don't know. But that's to me the deal. And unfortunately, that's a tough loss at UConn. They don't play well historically at UConn. They're going to have to find ways to steal some games on the road. Now they at East Carolina, which is fine. Uh, they lost at SMU, which everybody loses to at SMU. Connecticut's a tough loss. They're going to have to steal some road games, like for example at Memphis. Memphis is down this year. You got to try and win there. But the problem is, historically, UCF plays awful in that building because it's an NBA arena and teams aren't used to shooting in the rims there. I've been told we've been told that by Taylor Young uh, and among others who have been on the show. So this team is going to have to win some of these road games uh, and, and protect the home turf if they want to be an NCAA tournament team. That's the bottom line. That's what we're judging it on. If you're judging on NCAA, that they're going to have to win some road games, tough places like a Memphis or wherever uh, if they want to be an NCAA tournament team. And they're going to have to get B.J. Taylor. So those are the two takeaways I would take uh, following the UConn game.
1: I think they're disappointed because I think that they they felt like they had a shot to win for the first time sure. at UConn tonight because UConn Correct. is off to a rough start. They're nine and seven overall, although they're two and two in the league. Um, still, it's an, a team that's eight and one at home. I'm looking at the standings right now. UCF is uh, alone in fifth place in the American at three and two, behind uh, Cincinnati and Wichita are actually tied at the top at three and zero. Tulsa's three and one. Houston's two and one. Then you have us and then four teams behind UCF, SMU, Tulane, Memphis, and UConn at two and two apiece. Um, but uh, this, I think, is interesting. Every, uh, you have, uh, except for the bottom three teams, which are ECU, Temple, and USF, uh, every team in the American is either undefeated at home or has only one loss at home. And that includes UCF. Um you have uh, SMU is eleven and zero at home, but they're zero and three uh, away. Um, you know, credit to Wichita State; they're off to a thirteen and two start, uh, and Cincinnati also fourteen and two, um, and they've won seven in a row. Cincinnati's really hot right now, but um, but yeah, I think you're right. I, I think that perhaps Johnny Dawkins thought that you could steal one uh, tonight against the UConn team that's a little bit down. But it didn't work out that way, and now you're three and two. But at least you're going to get BJ back. It certainly would have been nice if you come out of you know get that first win at UConn, um, and then you're four and one in the league, and uh, and then thirteen and four as it stands right now. UCF is three and two in the league, twelve and five. So, um, but again, their next game coming up, like you mentioned, Eric. Uh, home against Cincinnati, that's Tuesday, January 16th, and that will be televised on CBS Sports Network. Um, and then uh, turn right back around, you got Saturday at USF for a War on I-4 game. Uh, so, um, yeah, this is going to this, this be an interesting stretch, and, and uh, boy, <laughs> you're throwing B.J. Taylor to the Wolves right away if you're bringing him back uh, for this Cincinnati game. So that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, women's. Basketball right now, eleven and six, three and one in the conference. Uh, they currently stand in fourth place uh, in the. Oh no, I'm sorry, sorry, that's wrong. Um, they are currently, yeah, fourth. Okay, sorry that they are in fourth place in the American uh, at three and one, tied with USF and Houston for second place in the league. Um, tiebreakers moved UCF down to that fourth spot. Uh, UConn obviously is you know UConn four uh, and 14 uh, and zero, and they uh, defeated UCF in the Knights' most recent game. Eighty to forty four was the final in stores. Um, you know UConn does UConn things, um, but let's give credit to um, to Coach Abe Squad that started off the conference season three and zero uh 6-point win at home against Wichita State uh last Saturday um to get uh, 59-53 to get to uh to get to 3 and 0 in the league heading into that Yukon game and I I know we've said this last year and, and you know no coach is going to ever admit this um you know at least not out loud but in the American you just kind of have to just throw Yukon out right you know, you, you, don't, don't. It's like you, you look at the standings. You post the standings. You put them up, You put them up at the top, right? And then you just take the take the eraser, and then you just erase them out of there. And just worry about everybody else because you because UConn is UConn, right? Um, you know, it, you're not going to win the game. If you do, great. I mean, congratulations, right? But um, let's just throw that game out for now. And UCF's uh, next game is at USF, what's become what. what what's going to become a, a very big matchup it will be televised on ESPNU it's noon on Sunday January 14th um, this coming Sunday uh, and uh, you know the USF is at it again uh, this year they are uh, 13 and four overall three and one in the league uh, and uh, and yeah this is we're gonna we're gonna separate um, the women from the girls so to speak uh in this ball game coming up against uh against USF so um, I'm actually impressed with the way that uh, that Coach Abe's team has started out, and now we're going to see what really happens. That, how do you come off that loss to UConn uh, with another road game in a tough environment?
2: Well, they're going to—it's USF. I mean, that's you know them very well. That's the big rivalry. I mean, yeah, you're the UConn game. You kind of throw out. I mean, that's reminds me when you see them. one
1: more time at home, by the way, on February 7th. So you may as well throw that one out too.
2: Uh, so here's a question to you. Okay, I mean, we'll get to that. Is that a game from a casual fan? And I'm sure we'll get into that in the week of that game. Is that a game that draws you to go?
1: Um, it does for me because I am curious to see how UCF stacks up in the second matchup against UConn. I mean, it, it, U, UConn is like they're like the Beatles, right? You know, even if you don't like rock and roll, if you ever had the chance to see the Beatles in person, like in the 60s when they were touring, you just went and you saw them. Uh, if they came to your town, it was an event. Um, I'm always interested to see them. I mean, we—I I was there. I actually did PA for the game last year um, mm-hmm. between UCF and UConn. I think it was, I think it was New Year's Day or um, or maybe the day sounds after. sounds about yeah. It's like a holiday. It's right around there. But um, you know, and it was uh, you know, as a fan of basketball, it's it was a treat to watch UConn in person because. Everything they did was so crisp. It's like you know, put put the tape in. This is how basketball, as a sport, no matter if women, men, aliens, I don't care. So you're going to go how back. Basketball you're- should be played. I would like to go. Back. I don't know if I'll be get the chance to go to that game, but sure. I would love to. I, I you know if I'm a UCF fan, I'm going to see that. I, I want to see that. That's a okay. That's an event. I want to see not just how UCF stacks up, but I just want to see what you know. I, I want to see UConn in person because. It's a truly great, you know, program right now. I mean, this is – it's like watching – you know, I, I always imagine what it must have been like watching UCLA in the
2: 60s with John Wooden, right? Wow. Right. Um, What they're doing is
1: – well, we'll, we'll,
2: we'll get We'll get to that more in depth, I guess, when the, the week of that game. I was just kind of curious about that because that's always – that will be an interesting question because of the, the way the games turn out. But – uh, the one thing is, they played well. They held UConn to their fewest points in the first half of the season. So the defense is there. The USF game's big. I think put, USF. Put that one up on the wall.
3: <laughs>
2: it, it, right, right. No, I mean, it's true, though. You're right. It's like when the men's team was in Conference USA during Memphis's heyday when John Calipari's there. The joke was, it's not Conference USA, it's Calipari USA. So, um, <laughs> and, you know, I remember when UCF in 07 finished second in the regular season. I'm like, we should just go ahead and. Get a a title for that. Finishing second should get a reward, a trophy for that. And so I kind of – you're right. I agree with you the same way on the women's side. I think USF certainly on paper many believe is the second-best team. They got destroyed by UConn as well. So I'm curious to see how that matchup goes. UCF knocked them off last year. This was a tough two-game stretch for them. So I'm very interested to see how they match up. I love that. I saw them. Obviously, I worked the game this past weekend when they beat um, East Kira, uh Wichita State, State excuse me, uh, and Z Saunders, who you've seen up close getting better and better by the game coach, obviously very uh, big fan leader. I think she's kind of replaced some of the, you know, intangibles and in some of the production that uh, Lewis did last season. Yeah. Uh, so that's been huge. The defense is good. They got a lot of. They're starting to rebounding the ball well, even though they've lost some size. I've um, lost a lot of size this year. Correct. I mean, Olu and
1: out for the year. Fifi and correct. Cora's out. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's your starting center and your starting power forward. So they, so, they really the are right. patching it together up front.
2: Well, both. Co- I mean, her, her and and Dawkins have done that, uh, which I think has kind of been underplayed a little bit. Uh, that they've both have been put in positions, by the way, I mean, the women's team, uh, I haven't checked, I'm going to check actually right now uh, have put themselves in position where I know it's early and people would say that, but uh, they've put in themselves in a position where if they win some meaningful games here down the stretch here, they can get themselves into the NCAA tournament. And I don't know, you know, that's where the women's team is. They were 51 RPI prior to the Yukon game. I don't, uh, or last week, I should say. I haven't checked what this week's RPI is for the women's team, and uh, I would imagine it would be helped. When you play UConn, it's going to get helped, obviously. Yeah. But uh, you know that that's uh, one of the factors. This team has a shot if they can keep improving. And and she told me after the game is just be focused for every game. Everybody can get up for the UConn games of the world and the USFs, but you also got to get up for every other game. And I think that's going to be the key for this team's success the rest of the year is just staying on that consistent level uh, that got them to the three and zero start. And if they do that, I think things will take care of itself because from a women's side, I think this is a three bid league probably uh, it has a very good chance of being that. So uh, I think there's great opportunities for this team. I'll be curious to see how they shape up against the USF who many believe is the second best team. Uh, we'll see. I'm very interested. I'm very interested to see how they match up. Uh, I was right. UCF uh, RPI was, is 51. That was as of games through January 9th, they were 51, which is not bad. And I would assume, you know, playing UConn at USF. Game, yeah. UConn number one RPI real shock there. Uh, Houston. No 20, yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, Houston 28 RPI USF 29 RPI. Uh, UCF 51, those are, you know, and then there's a big drop off like two lanes, one Oh eight. So uh you look at NCAA possibilities from the conference, you have UConn, USF, Houston, UCF all battling to get in there with UConn, obviously will get in, but uh, that's why this USF game's is big. Cause I think the women's team is going to need that signature win on the resume that the committee can look at in March and say, yep, they deserve to get in." And this would be one of those opportunities, but it won't be easy.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I I do think that this USF game is going to turn out to be a big barometer for how we're going to see you know if UCF is able to get you know an at large bid. Um, you know it, it does feel right now like UCF, uh, yeah, like you said, if it's a three bid league, you know UCF right now would be on the you know outside looking in, given how good Houston is. So these road games against the likes of Houston USF. They are so huge, so huge for the program. Last year, we saw what UCF could do. They beat USF in Tampa for the first time in program history um, and uh, did so with defense uh, in a game that, uh, you know, I, I had actually done a USF game, I think it was the week before, and their offense looked like it was clicking on all cylinders, and uh, and UCF kind of gummed up the works on them. So I think that's going to be a battle down there in Tampa, definitely worth watching. Um, it will be Sunday... Again, Sunday at noon on ESPNU. So it's a feature spot there on ESPNU for UCF and USF in the war on I-4. So, all right, let's uh, wrap things up here on the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Lopez, what do you have coming up this week?
2: Now we're watching a lot of football, and we haven't even touched on that. Jaguars, Blake Bortles, A.J. Bouye, uh, Brian Murphy covered the game mm-hmm. for I the Banneret press
1: conference, did you see? They were both right. out in the national championship thing. That's right.
2: <laughs> That's, That's awesome. on com right now. Murphy wrote a story about it, uh, played the video clip and the quotes from Blake Bortles. And A.J. Bowie, he talked to A.J. We're the only UCF outlet at the stadium covering that game. Yeah. That's what we do. Uh, and Murph did a great job there. Uh, but I bring him up because Blake Bortles has become a punching bag. <laughs> it's really – I mean,
1: it, it's getting it's, it's to the violent. point where it's like enough – you know? Well and, and it's, listen it's he did not have a good game. Yeah. In the playoff game. Let's just let's just get that out of the way up front. He did not play well. Um first playoff game, I get it. I, I get it. And you know, they're they're gonna be massive underdogs this weekend, but it, it's it's now cliche, isn't it?
2: Yeah, no, it is. I, I like we had a Titans player this week said that, uh, they can turn Tom Brady into Blake Bortles and turn the ball. over. (laughs) Like, wow. I mean, he's, um, it's tough. I mean, they've crushed him. I mean, as much as I defended Levitard earlier, he has been crushing Blake Bortles, Chris Sims, your boy, who's the kid of Phil Sims has just crushes him. calls him the 70th best quarterback in the NFL. Um, it's tough, man. I mean, they're at Pittsburgh. They beat him earlier in the regular season. But it, uh, to me, it's a signature story because, unfortunately, Jeff, I don't know if Blake's going to be able to stay there in Jacksonville. I mean, the, uh, he's got to play better for them to beat Pittsburgh. And if he doesn't, I just think they're going to escape, get him out of there. And they're going to try to get, you know, get either your boy Eli Manning or go get somebody else.
1: There's a, There was a, a, an article on The Ringer, uh, Bill Simmons' site, that um, talked a lot about Blake Bortles and how um, – you know, he really doesn't um, let any of the criticism get to him. Uh, you know, current teammates, former teammates who just said, uh, you know, he just doesn't, it just rolls right off him. He has the world's shortest memory. Um, and uh, they made a point in the article that, well, playing for George O'Leary for three years will do that for you. Because um, you got to have a short memory to play for play for him because he gets on and you're behind all the time. This is a quote from Blake... Um, today actually um uh, on you know because they asked him about you know the criticism that he's faced um i thought this was a great quote he says quote uh, they asked well they asked him about you know what do you think about all the criticism of you he says quote it'll probably never stop there's people that think lebron james sucks so if that happens i'm sure there'll be a lot of people that think i will always that always think i suck It's interesting. Way to to address it head on.
2: (laughs) No, it's wild. It's wild how people just that he's become the punchline within colleagues even. It's kind of crazy. So, yeah, he didn't play well against Buffalo. I mean, that was an awful game. I I, I don't know if I should just apologize to Murph for sending him out there. I don't know. But (laughs) um, 88 yards rushing, I think he had, 87 passing. He's going to have to play better for them to beat Pittsburgh. Not the only UCF guys during the playoffs this weekend, by the way. Latavius Murray with the Vikings will play the Saints on Sunday. So big day for you. Uh, So we'll see if, uh, you know, if there's a chance, maybe we get a UCF player in the uh, Super Bowl there. Uh, So that's going to be some of the interesting things I'll be following uh, this weekend. I have a sideline gig coming out with UCF Women's Hoops against Tulane in the American Conference. That's a week from uh, Wednesday. It's Mm -hmm. Wednesday the 17th. Uh, so I'll be doing that game and uh, seeing hopefully uh, seeing two how they come out
1: games, by the way, for UCF on the American Digital Network coming up.
2: Yeah, the seventh, the it. 17th, 17th against Tulane. Uh, so I'll be a part of that one. I won't be a part of the one on the 20th, which is against SMU. My uh, friend Despina Barton will be being sidelined for that one because, well, she's way better than me. So that's a good thing. And number one and then number two, I think me and her are scheduled to broadcast SMU at USF. Women's basketball on Valentine's night, so uh, so they're. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what's coming up. Uh, and oh, by the way, we're about a month away or so from softball and baseball seasons getting going. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah, trust me, I've been counting the days. Yeah, I, <laughs> oh. unbelievable. Well, hey, there's another
1: championship we got to defend. So, um, in terms of uh, baseball coming up, so that'll be fun. And uh, all right. That brings us to the end of this week's Black and Gold at podcast. A lot of folks to thank um, this week. Wanted to thank the folks, first of all, at Disney for allowing us to uh, uh, to come on board. And I want to thank Tyler Grady, who uh, finished up his ride with uh, Night News and uh, took some photos of the championship parade, which we'll get on the site uh, very soon. Um, thanks to Tyler for... Uh, his hard work and getting that done hes he actually started his first job or his new or his first job out of college I should say uh, this week but before he did uh, he took care of business for us so I want to thank Tyler for his hard work this weekend um, also want to thank the uh, Unger real estate group for their continuing support of the black and gold banner at podcast visit we sell orlando.net or facebook.com slash we sell. Orlando. Thanks again to Derek Warden for his amazing photography at the Peace Bowl, as always, and thanks also to Brian Murphy for his hard work uh, as well all throughout uh, the year, and especially in the week of the bowl game, and as we move forward into basketball and baseball season as well. Thanks again to you, Lopez.
2: Thank you. I will be uh, celebrating the national championship, the Dan Lebertard national championship on the Clevelander with dan and Stu, that's that's kind of you know that's what i'm hoping for well maybe not but... send pictures send pictures and thanks again to you the listener uh for, for,
1: dan beep. i love that it's just, it's just crazy. chargers crazy. not for real um uh, <laughs> <this is> excellent <laughs> stuff so thanks again to you lopez and uh, thanks again to you, the listeners. Don't forget to follow us at UCF underscore Banneret. Follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez uh, Brian at Spokes underscore Murphy, and Derek at underscore DS Warden. Follow us at Facebook.com slash Black and Gold Banneret. Like us, send us a holler, let us know what you think. Uh, also, Black and Gold com for all the latest. And don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. For Eric Lopez, I'm Jeff Sharon. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Black and Gold at Podcast.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.